those notes. I'm going to put those aside today. I had worked on, actually it's a series I'm going to do for about three weeks on Christianity is personal. And I, I'm excited about it, but not today. Because as of Thursday, I, I already had my notes ready to go, and I began to, my heart became so heavy over what took place in Oregon and the events of this week. And uh, I'm very sad. I, I'm, I'm terribly sad at what has taken place and the loss that is being felt today. So I began to ponder things. I reflected. You know, when things like this happen, we need to reflect. We don't move on. I, I, I think it would be tragic if it became routine that we just said, oh, another, another tragedy, uh, another shooting, uh, another person's killed because of faith. I, I don't think that's routine. I think it is a cause for reflection. So I've been reflecting and thinking and letting God just speak to my heart. And so um, over the process of thinking, I I came to some scripture I want to share with you today. Uh, I kind of finished it up about 6 o'clock this morning and just wanted to share with you what's on my heart about this past week because it should mean something to all of us. In John 10.10, 10, these guys done a great job of getting it because they didn't have it at 8.30. <laughs> I love it. Thank you all. John 10.10 says this, a thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. How true that is. These are the words of Jesus when he was talking about uh, the big picture of the world we live in. But I have come, Jesus said, that they may have life and have it in abundance. I've come they can have life that means something, life that makes a difference, life that is always like a river flowing in your heart, in your life, in your spirit. I've come to let you have an overflowing life of my love and my grace and my power. But the thief, and who is the thief, guys? The thief is that one we call the devil or Satan or Lucifer or, or the prince of darkness, whatever name you want to give him. He's very active and very effective. And very influential. And what we have witnessed this past week is the thief working at his finest to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus, I've come. I'm the alternative. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And therefore, <laughs> I'm going to win this thing because of who I am. And so we take great, great consolation and comfort in that reality. And in doing that, uh, here's what I want you to, to write down, because it's not in your notes, but I want you to write this down. The sweet aroma of faithfulness, not that, but the sweet, I want to talk about the sweet aroma of faithfulness. And here's what I want you to write down. The, the persecution of Christians fills the environment with the sweet aroma of love for Jesus and faithfulness to Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Because I really want you to write this down. The persecution of Christians fills the environment with the sweet aroma of love for Jesus and faithfulness to Jesus. 
you go to the book of Revelation chapter 2, he has a message to the church in Smyrna. Verse 8, write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. We're going old school. You're going to have to open your Bible. Sorry. Oh, no. Hey, hey. No. These guys are good. They're taking care of you today. Look at this. All right. Great. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write. Remember, he's talking to seven churches. He's letting John have an insight into what's taking place in church life. And those seven churches is, is a kind of a panoramic view of what's taking place. I believe they're little churches. I believe they can be figurative of churches that are sim- how churches do life today and what happens today. So, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write. The first and the last. That's good news. That's the authority that's saying it. He's already introduced himself to John in chapter 1. And he's saying, I'm the guy that matters. I'm the one who starts things. I'm the one who finishes things. And I've got everything covered in between. That's good to know in a world that's gone crazy and chaotic that he's still in charge, that he's still Lord, that he hasn't vacated his position or his power. And the one who was dead and came to life, the one who was crucified, Jesus, and the one who resurrected from the grave, and because he resurrected from the grave, he's going to rule and reign forever and ever as King of kings and Lord of lords. So, guys, the, the truth is we, we win. No matter what we go through, how painful it is, we absolutely win. And there's a lot of pain out there. I'm amazed at what people do to one another. I'm amazed at what churches do to one another. I'm amazed at what churches do to their staff and pastors. We, the church causes a lot of pain. But the bottom line is, in the end, we win. Well, unfortunately, and what the world does to Christians is horrific. But he says, I'm the one that wins. I'm the overcomer. I'm the victor. I'm the ultimate champion of the world. So here's what I've got to say. And here's what he says to the church at Smyrna. I know your suffering and your poverty. Now, that Smyrna is a translation for the, for the perfume myrrh. And myrrh comes from a plant. When the plant is crushed, you, you pull the substance out of that from the crushing, and it becomes a sweet-smelling perfume. From the crushing. I think that's kind of interesting for this church. He said, you have been crushed. You've suffered. You've been bruised and beat up. But there's something amazing coming out of your life. An aroma that smells and fills the environment with the aroma of love and faithfulness. Can't be denied. It can be rejected. It just can't be denied. The thing about Christian faith, it can't, it can't be just dismissed as though it's nothing because the truth is God's grace and God's power and God's love does not go quietly through the night. He makes himself known through us and the things we endure and the things we persevere through. That's how sometimes we change the environment around us. So uh, it's a perfume used for the living and the dead. It's, become, it's just an amazing thing. So he said to so this church has been crushed. He said, you, you're producing a sweet aroma. And uh, your suffering, I know about your suffering, your poverty. You see, they were suffering because of their faith. They, have, they were poor because a lot of times as Christians, they were losing their jobs. Oh, isn't that tragic? Well, because you won't, you, won't, you won't turn from Jesus, we don't want you to work here anymore. Because we understand you like to pray. We don't want you to work here anymore. You say the blessing over your food. We don't want you to work here anymore. You won't 
you won't confirm it's okay to worship idols. We don't want you to work here anymore. And so they lost their jobs. You understand? I mean, they didn't have a way to feed their families, to take care of things. Some would lose their dwelling. And, and so he said, I understand what you're going through. But you are rich. <laughs> you're building up some rewards you're going to enjoy forever. And I've not forgot about you. I've not abandoned you. I've got you covered. Uh, I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Here's what is very clear in life. We have two worlds, the world of darkness, the world of light. One's, one is certainly led by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit that becomes our, our source of salvation and strength and sustaining of life. Everything good's in there. Everything bad is in the world of darkness governed by the prince of darkness and his uh, demonic beings that cause havoc and chaos all the time around the world. Again, the purpose of the thief is to come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he does it very well. Just look around. And so you really fit in one world or the other. And if you fit in the world of darkness, it doesn't matter how religious you may appear to be. And there are many labels of religion today. It still leaves you operating under the synagogue of Satan. And if you're a follower of Christ, God incarnate, Savior of the world, Expression of God's love. If you're a follower of Christ, you're in the synagogue of Christ, of God, and you're on the right side. Now, can I tell you, that's why the world doesn't like us? That right there is it. That's it. They don't like the truth we proclaim and the truth we promote. Please look what he says. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. He says, it's going to get worse. The devil will throw some of you into prison. And note this, he says, the devil. Now, here's the thing. The devil himself, as an individual, as a fallen angel, doesn't go around and, and knock on somebody's door and say, I'm taking you to prison today. That's not what happens. But the devil moves and manipulates forces and authorities and governments to do that. He creates a deception and a blindness of the mind and, a, and an anger and hostility against those who follow Christ. And they act out his wishes on believers. You understand that? Now, so he said, I know that the devil is going to manipulate people and move people and influence people uh, to do bad things to you. It's okay. I, 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 I've got the end game. And so he, he goes on to say, okay. Uh, you'll suffer for 10 days. That means there's a limit to it. I'm not going to let it go without end. I've got, I'm watching out for you. It's not going to be greater than you can bear. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. And anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches, the believers. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. That's the good news. Hey, we all going to die once. Been a couple of examples of, of uh, that have been exempt from that, and you know, you got any kind of lies or everybody else is, man, we, we're gonna unless you're part of the rapture, you're gone. You, you, you're gonna have that. You're gonna get that death experience. The first death is not the problem. It's the second death you want to avoid. Really, 
It's the second death that lasts forever. And he said, guys, make sure you're not a part of the second death. The first death comes to all of us. There's a point the man's going to die and then face judgment. But he said, here's the thing I want you to get. Uh, if you have a second birth, you only have one death. If you only have one birth, you have two deaths. And the second death is the one that's bad because you go to a place of darkness and torment and suffering and separation from God and all that is good. And that's where you exist forever and ever in a place that is horrific in every way. Hopeless all the time. Beyond description. Beyond imagination. The horror of it. And he says, that's the one you want to avoid. I came that you might not have to experience the second death. So, he's saying to this church, <laughs> man, it comes. Persecution comes. And it squeezes you, but when it does, something indescribable happens that pours out into the environment that cannot be denied. See, the amazing thing is, for Rome uh, leveled nine specific emphases of persecution against the church over its period of time. And you know, the church survived, and the Roman Empire didn't. Well, the church survived. And a lot of other things happened to the church, and it still survived. When Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, he really knew what he was talking about. So he said, guys, I, I got this. I'm going to get you to the end finish line. I'm going to get you to the end game. We're, we're going to be all right. And so this is what I want you to know. The, the war on Christians is active politically, culturally, and spiritually. As I was thinking and reflecting, when I look around and I see, and I know this, but I've never probably verbalized it this way. But it's so obvious. First of all, I think there is war on Christianity politically. Uh, this is just recent. A uh, high school in an airline high school in Louisiana, the principal wrote an introductory letter to the new students coming to the school, and he said, in the process of welcoming them and telling them they're going to be a great experience and a new door and a new opening of life, he says, and God bless you. Those words offended an atheist who complained to the ACLU, who showed up at the doorstep and said, you can't do this. Because you're now trying to uh, force your beliefs on someone else. You're trying to be persuasive, and you can't do that in the school system. Now, the truth is, I don't think that was the principal's intention. But you understand that politically, uh, they're not, we're, Christians are not the favored sons. Do you realize no one's really going after the vote of the Christian? There was a time they did. There's a time, man, we want those Christians to vote for us. Now they're saying, I wish you guys would go away. You cause too much trouble. You ask too many questions. You stand too firm on your convictions. No. Politically, we're at war. It's the environment of which we live. Politically, we're told that we no longer want chaplains in the armed forces, and politically, we don't want chaplains on the football field, and it's just where we are now. To be politically correct, we want relative truth, not absolute truth, 
And the truth about believers is we are a people of absolute truth because Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. I don't have wiggle room. I don't have room to compromise. I must understand he is the ultimate truth, the only truth, and therefore I will hold to him tenacious with all that I am. And all else is untruth that challenges that. Culturally, we're under attack. Some time ago, probably uh, really several years ago now, a morning show that people watch every morning, and all of a sudden, one of the hosts basically says, because of their lifestyle, wanted to make sure everybody understood that Christians were comparable to terrorists. Statement made on TV. This same group that attacked nurses a couple of weeks ago. Uh, called The View. I don't know the view they're looking from, but it's wrong. Uh, but the tragedy is people watch the show. Culturally, they're at war. Well, yeah, that would be enough for me. I never want to watch that show again. Why would I want to watch that? Entertainment isn't worth it. Uh, because they, they said something horrible about Christians. They've compared us to terrorists. The media has done this over and over again. They make us look like the bad guy. They make us like the, the, the unkind person. The, uh, yet we are the most benevolent group of people in the world. Christians give money all over the world. We're awesome in disaster relief. We're awesome in world hunger. Uh, what we do through, through, uh, man, what we do through missions at Southern Baptist, what, uh, what Franklin Graham does through uh, Samaritan's Purse, what we do in other organizations is incredible. We Love the hurting and minister to them. But to hear the media talk, you'd think we're the meanest people in the world. They were unkind and uncaring. That's not true. That's not true. Culturally, there's a war going on. It's very tragic because everybody's trying to make us look bad. You know, uh, Nero... When he burned Rome, he blamed the Christians for it. He hated Christians, and everybody believed it. If you go through history and find that groups have wanted to have a change of power, they started picking on the Christians. In Germany, many were martyred for their faith, refusing to embrace the political system. And the culture that is rapidly changing. Our culture is changing. But we serve a God who doesn't change. And so we look at what's taking place. We go, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to go there. I, I, I'm going to go there. And then I think there's the powers of darkness. We're under attack spiritually. For the powers of darkness organized for our death, manipulate people to hurt us. And tragically, this happens in the church also. I'm convinced the powers of darkness work in churches to hurt people inside the church. I mean, he's, he's no respecter of where he does his dirty work. But what I am seeing in the world is a, is a, is a genuine hatred for Christians because we find that ISIS killing men because they were Christian, beheading them, 
Their crime was their faith in God. It was untolerated. I, I find that a man comes into a meeting in South Carolina in church and spends some time with the people and they accept him and love him and are gracious and kind to him. And he pulls out a gun and kills them in a church because they were Christians. Now, I understand mental illness. I get that. But we need to understand that, that there's a lot of, ma of manipulation going on, a lot of things going on that, that are not, or even could be using those who struggle with weakness of mind or struggle with something of clarity. I think there is an issue there, but I also think there's an issue of, of genuine demonic influence that creates havoc in the lives of people. Matter of fact, don't matter if I believe the Bible tells us that, okay, just so you'll know. In case you want to think, our pastor's getting a little weird. No. no I, I, I've always understood that. The battle of light and dark. Man, I, that's just good and evil. And so I, I look at this, and then a guy walks in and kills nine people in Oregon at a college, and their crime is they're Christian. It's tragic. So tragic. And then you realize some of the things we, we get excited about and fuss about and fight about don't matter when you lay that next to it. It's tragic. And I see this, and I go, okay, Lord, what, what do you do? I, I, our crime is that we won't bow down to Caesar. You understand that. Now, let me explain that. The, the issues of the church under the Roman Empire is they basically refused to claim Caesar as Lord. They, they rebelled against the, uh, the idolatry of Rome, if you will. We're not going to give in to Rome's philosophy and ideology of faith and practice. We follow the one from Nazareth, the king of the Jews, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. We, we follow him, for he is Lord, because he arose from the grave. And so, if you're not going to worship Caesar, then we don't want you to live. That's where our culture is today. We will not, the thing we're guilty of is we will not bow down to the tolerance of sinful behavior. There's some things that are wrong. While, while the Supreme Court has changed the def definition of marriage, God has not. It's dead. I don't get to say that's okay. I, I, I can't do that. I got to say that's wrong. What, we, we can't behave that way. It has consequence. It has disaster. It allows the thief to continue to steal and kill and destroy people. So we can't do that. And therefore, we're not liked. Back, back we're hated. We're the bad guy. Uh, we will not bow down to the acceptance of other religions as equal to Christianity because Christianity has no equal because there's no other religion that offers the Savior that Christianity has in Jesus Christ. None. Well, a 70-year-old girl sitting in the library in her high school 
studying her Bible. She had a few minutes finished with her work and just reading her Bible. She was known for bringing her Bible to school because she was become a believer two years prior and brought her Bible to school every day. Wore a little wristband that said, what would Jesus do? And that's how she lived her life. And a gunman walks in Columbine High School and asks her, are you a Christian? Do you believe in God? She says yes, and he shoots her. <laughs> and no one stood up for Christians when that happened. We talked about gun laws. Gun laws are not the problem. The heart of man's problem. This past week, nine people were killed because of their faith, and no one stood up for Christians. No one's spoken up for us. I kept waiting. I kept looking, but nobody did. Oh, we'll talk about again the need for gun control. It's not going to change the heart of a man. I thought, amazingly, you can be a, a thug, a criminal, someone breaking the law, who's broken the law, can be killed, and will cause a riot in the streets. It'll own the headings of news for, for days of the wrong that was done, of the tragedy that was suffered. I'm not minimizing what took place. I'm simply saying nine people were killed because of their faith, and no one seems to care. Do you understand where we are? Now you say, Pastor, that sounds pretty hopeless. Ah, oh, no. No, it's not hopeless. He's telling her, Smyrna, it ain't hopeless. It's just inconvenient. It is painful, but it's not permanent. I got a limit to it, and where you're going, man, I'm going to take care of you forever. And you're going to be richer than you could ever imagine. That's a whole different sermon. But let me give you a word of hope. Also, about over a little week ago, uh, some contractors, construction guys had finished up a house, and they'd, you know, finished up all the work and trim and all, and the flooring all. And, and you know how it is in an empty house when you sing? It sounds awesome. Even I sound good in an empty house, okay? <laughs> Give me an empty house, I can sing, it sounds really good. Well, these three guys, and they were their bivocational pastor, I'm assuming two of his church members, and they had finished it up, and they just decided they would sing. Yeah, you know, the temptation to sing in an empty house is just undeniable. You got to, man, I got to sing, because it's going to sound so good. And they sang, How Great Thou Art. And it did sound good. Majestic, powerful, acapella, beautiful. It's on YouTube. You need to find it. Can't see it. Let me tell you what the neat thing about that is. They had nine million hits. Nine million people said, "Man, I want to hear that. How great thou art!" Because 
the aroma of God's greatness and love and forgiveness and power permeates the environment. And we will not go quietly in the night. We will not become silent in our faith. Because we are followers of Christ. The coming King. Majestic. Invincible. 